Welcome to the Life to the Fullest podcast with Ignite Life KC. This podcast equips and encourages you to live your best life and glorify Jesus as you walk out your faith life in Him because it's in Him that we live, we move, and we have our being. That is found in Acts chapter 17, verse 28 in the NIV. And I really believe that Jesus wants us to have life to the fullest. You've got to look at his words to us in John chapter 10, verse 10 in the Good News Translation. It says, the thief comes only in order to steal, to kill, and destroy. I have come in order that you might have life, life in all his fullness. That's John chapter 10, verse 10 in the Good News Translation. And I want to welcome you in to episode six of season two of the Life to the Fullest podcast with Ignite Life KC. This Life to the Fullest podcast is growing every day, and we now have just surpassed over 1,100 downloads of this podcast. We also have over 1,000 followers across all of our social media platforms, so you can be sure that we are growing every day, everywhere that Ignite Life KC is present. I want to remind you, don't forget to click the links in the description box to follow us on our various social media and podcast platforms today. You see, today we are talking about what it means to be spirit-filled, and we will be taking it back to the old school. That's right. We'll be taking it back to the Old Testament, that is, and let's get into it today. I really believe that we have to be spirit-filled. This podcast episode continues a talk that we started last week on our Life to the Fullest podcast. So, Jesus said to his disciples, well, to the apostles, in Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 8 in the NLT, this is what he says to them. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And they did that on the day of Pentecost. They were gathered together in one place. There was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. It filled the house where they were gathered. And then flames and tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present there was able to speak in other tongues or languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this, gave them the ability. And that prophetic word that went forth in the book of Joel was now fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. And Peter wanted to point them back to the words of Joel during his masterful sermon. And this is what he told him in Acts chapter 2, verses 16 through 21. And here's what the word says. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike. 
and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above, signs in the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will be turned blood red before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You see, these words that Peter spoke to them, hearken back. To the book of Joel. Joel 2 says that the day of the Lord is on the way. So we need to raise up prophets and evangelists, those proverbial watchmen on the wall, to bring people back to Jesus because Jesus is coming back. And we need to get ready and get others ready too. So let's get into it today and break down Joel chapter 2. And we're going to look at Joel chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, and I'm not going to read them all, but I've highlighted a few verses that I want to focus on, and then we're going to talk about the middle part, the middle meat of the, the entire section, because this book, this chapter is broken down into four different sections that we're going to talk about today. It says, sound the trumpet in Jerusalem, raise the alarm on my holy mountain, let everyone tremble in fear. Because the day of the Lord is upon us. It is a day of darkness and gloom, a day of thick clouds and deep blackness. Suddenly, like dawn spreading across the rivers, a great and mighty army appears. Nothing like it has been seen before or will ever be seen again. You see, when you turn on the TV, what do you see? You see the land of Israel at war. That's right. You see the people of Israel fighting against their neighbors in that territory and in that in that land that they live in. You see, it says that fire burns in front of them and flames will follow after them. Ahead of them, the land lies as beautiful as the Garden of Eden. Behind them is nothing but desolation. Not one thing escapes. So what we're looking at is the sound of war. They look like horses. They charge forward like war, war horses. Look at them as they leap along the mountaintops. Listen to the noise they make, like the rumbling of chariots, like the roar of fire sweeping across a field of stubble, or like a mighty army moving into battle. Fear grips all the people. Every face grows pale with terror. The attackers march like warriors and scale city walls like soldiers. Straightforward they march, never breaking rank. They never jostle each other. Each moves in exactly the right position. They break through defenses without missing a step. They swarm over a city and run along its walls. They enter all the houses, climbing like thieves through the window. The earth quakes as they advance and the heavens tremble. The sun and moon grow dark and the stars no longer shine. The Lord is at the head of the column. He leads them with a shout. This is his mighty army and they follow his orders. The day of the Lord is an awesome and terrible thing. Who can possibly survive? So what is happening here is actually a locust invasion. It might sound like an army is coming against the people of Israel, but it's not that at all. It's a locust invasion, but it's prophetically looking forward to what we're seeing today. I really believe that this is what's happening in the land of Israel, that fire burns 
in front of them and flames follow after them. You look at the news reports and you see rubble and stubble and ash everywhere they go. Everywhere they go, there's cities that have been destroyed. And I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed to Israel defending themselves. In fact, I'm, I'm very much for it because I believe that when you attack and bring terror against people, good people have to do something about it. And that's why we're seeing the kind of stuff that we're seeing today. You see, these people... These locusts that came in, they destroyed the land in Israel's day. In this war that is coming, this great and terrible war, this is looking forward to a great and terrible war where the armies of the world will march against the land of Israel and they will come against the people of God and the Lord himself will step in and end it all. We're not at that day yet. I want to say this. I want to say this real quick. We are not at that day yet. But the day of the Lord is coming. You see, we're going to be coming on the clouds of heaven on our white horse conquering and to conquer. We will be more than conquerors when we come back with Jesus. And we are more than conquerors right now. Which is why we have to raise up watchmen on the wall. We need more prophets and evangelists to appoint people to Jesus. Not to talk about what's going on out there. What's going on out there, that's important. Yeah, it's important to stay up, stay up on what's going on in society. But we need to call people back to Jesus. And this is what I'm saying today. We're going to look at Joel chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. I'm only focusing on two key things here in these verses. Because we need to remember this. This is why the Lord says, so when the armies come like a flood, this is what we need to do. When war is knocking at our door, this is what we need to do. This is how we fight our battles. Jesus says, the Lord, Jesus says to us now, even, even like he did back then in the days of Joel, turn to me now while there is still time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate. He is slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. Who knows? Perhaps... He will give you a reprieve, send you a blessing instead of a curse. Perhaps you will be able to offer grain and wine to the Lord your God as before. And then he tells them to blow the ram's horn in Jerusalem, announce a time of fasting, call the people together for a solemn assembly, gather all the people, the elders, the children, the babies, the bridegroom needs to come out of his quarters and the bride from her private room. Let the priests who minister in the Lord's presence stand and weep between the entry room to the temple and the altar. So God is saying, get back to the altar and come back to me. And let us pray. Spare your people, Lord. Don't let your special possession become an object of mockery. Don't let them become a joke for unbelieving foreigners who say, Has the Lord, the God of Israel, left them? 
You see, when we stand for God and point people to Jesus, the Lord himself responds in good measure. He brings us new wine and new oil. And he brings us the spirit to shower down blessings upon us, causing us to say, the Lord has done great things. This is what happens when we get back to Jesus and come back to the altar. And this is what I'm telling you today. Get to the altar. You can make your living room, your house, wherever you're at today, an altar and come back to Jesus. You see, when we come back to the altar, the Lord pities his people and jealously guards the honor of his land. The Lord will reply, look, I am sending you grain and new wine and olive oil, enough to satisfy your needs. You will no longer be an object of mockery among the surrounding nations. I will drive away these armies from the north. I will send them into the parched wastelands. Those in the front will be driven into the Dead Sea and those at the rear will be driven into the Mediterranean. The stench of their rotting bodies will rise over the land. Surely the Lord has done great things. Don't be afraid, O land. Be glad now and rejoice for the Lord has done great things. And then he proclaims to the animals, don't be afraid. He proclaims that the trees will be again filled with fruit. Fig trees and grapevines will be loaded down once more. Then we can rejoice. The people of Jerusalem, we can rejoice in the Lord our God. For the rain that God sends demonstrates his faithfulness. Once more, the autumn rains will come as well as the rains of spring. The threshing floors will again be piled high with grain and the presses will overflow with new wine and olive oil. The Lord says, and I love this, I will give back what you lost to the swarming locusts, the hopping locusts, the stripping locusts, the cutting locusts. It was I who sent this great destroying army against you. Once again, you will have all the food you want and you will praise the Lord your God who has done these miracles, who does these miracles for you. Never again will my people be disgraced. Then you will know that I am among my people. Israel, that I am the Lord your God and there is no other. Never again will my people be disgraced. So God will send the new wine, the new oil, in the new rains, the autumn rains, the spring rains. He will send all the rain to us if we are faithful to come back to him. And lastly, what will he do for us? After all that is done, after all the death, death and destruction is passed, that God generously pours forth his spirit upon everyone as a sign that the day of the Lord is on the way. Then, after doing all these things, says the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike. Blood, and I will cause wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun will become dark. The moon will be turned to blood red before the great and terrible day 
of the Lord arise, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For some on Mount Zion in Jerusalem will escape, just as the Lord has said. There, These will be among the survivors whom the Lord has called. That is Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 32. The same message that Peter preached on the day of Pentecost is the message that Joel gave to the people. He said, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. We need to raise up more prophets, evangelists, visionaries, dreamers, and seers. People that will use their God-given vision to lead this generation. Come on, I'm decreeing and I'm declaring it today that you Sons and daughters, you will prophesy that old men will dream God-sized dreams and have God-sized visions, and that young men will see God-sized visions. That in those days that you would pour out your spirit, on these days that you would pour out your spirit upon our servants, both men and women alike, Lord, that we might see the greatest move of your spirit that we have ever seen in the history of the world so that we might be with you for all of eternity, leading up to your return, so that we might be with you for all of eternity, not just a temporary revival, but a move of your spirit that will change the world forever. We believe it, we're asking for it, and we're praying for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Man, that was a spontaneous prayer that just broke out in the spirit. Come on, somebody. You cannot be saved if you do not call on the Lord. I love ending my, my, my podcast episodes by giving you the opportunity to say the salvation prayer. What does the last part of Joel chapter 2 say? It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I want to give you that opportunity today. So say the salvation prayer with me today. Say, dear Jesus, I believe in you and I give you my life. Thank you for your life, your death on the cross, and your resurrection from the grave. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for saving me. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Well, it's about time for me to get up out of here. I've been going for 19 minutes. So I want to encourage you before I go, get over to my website, ignitelifekc.com. Check out that new section we've got called gear. We've got some gear on there. We're Amazon affiliates now. And we've got some gear that we use that will help you also grow your social media presence. So go check out our website, ignitelifekc.com slash gear and look at our new stuff today. I love being an Amazon associate. It's one of the most awesome things that we've ever gotten to do. So make sure you go check out our gear section right there on our website. We've got the iPad that we use, the magic keyboard. We've got the headphones. We've got the microphones. All of that is on there. And if you go and get that stuff, you are helping to financially support us today. So make sure you get over there. We also have little advertisements for Audible all around our website. If you need a good book in your life, I recommend a great book on deepening your prayer life. We posted the link there on our website if you want to get it, so make sure you go and get it today. It is the Draw the Circle book by Mark Batterson. It's our Amazon 
It's our Amazon link, so make sure you go get that today. You will be supporting us if you go and buy those products today. I want to say thank you. It's time for me to get up out of here. Peace.